Fasten your seatbelts. It's time for the Anything Goes Hour with Stu Breyer. What a pleasure to have back in our studio with us, former Connecticut troubadour Tom Callowan. He brought his guitar and his instruments here with us today. Just to have a little fun, get away from some of those blockbuster newscasts. Let's say uh, welcome to our friend Tom. Tom, welcome to the program. Thanks, Stu. It's great to be with you again. It's good to see you. It's been uh, quite a while, and I know that I hear from you periodically because uh, you do a lot for the veterans. Tell I me do. about some of the, you know, you always let us know when there's something special going on, and tell us about some of the things you do for the vets. Yeah, well, uh, this this uh, past Friday, uh, there was a uh, 100th birthday. Yeah, um, mm-hmm. For uh, Paul Boyer, who was a Norwich uh, resident, uh, and now he's up at the uh, Colonial Health and Rehab in Plainfield. And uh, so the uh, Norwich Area Veterans Council, of which I'm a member, um, celebrated it with a drive-by and then a presentation of uh, some plaques and other things. There was a major from the uh, National Guard came. Uh, Kathy Austin was always there. She's always mm-hmm. a very good uh, supporter of veteran activities. And uh, it was it was great to uh, to acknowledge him. Unfortunately, I couldn't be there because I was performing that day at the Veterans Hospital in Rocky Hill. So uh, I did all the uh, legwork behind the scenes and then uh, left it in John w- Wagner's capable hands, and uh, oh, yeah. I called him up, and he said it was a good. It turned out good, and Paul was thrilled. That's great. I love when you keep us in in touch with that. You and uh, John, and uh, things that are happening, so we don't miss out on on any of them. So um, lately, uh, have you been writing as many songs? I mean, I know that. Uh, tell us about people actually uh, call you up. Tom, and request that you write a song about this or that? They do indeed, yes. Uh, I've written uh, songs about my Marine Corps League detachment, the uh, Thames River uh, Detachment number 1334. We meet uh, monthly in in Montville at the VFW Hall. It's uh, the second Tuesday of of every month. And uh, I've written songs for... Uh, World War One celebrations uh, for uh, I'm always on the uh, bill for uh, Pearl Harbor Day uh, cel- celebrations and uh, also been writing things about our illustrious uh, hero slash traitor Benedict Arnold because we do a program in January on his birthday at City Hall where we turn the lights out and uh, then turn them back on. The lights out is the part where we're uh, kind of ashamed of it, what he kind of huh? <laughs> of what he did, and uh, then we put the lights back on, and it's a it's a whole new day, even though the day is the same. But it, it's been very interesting to uh, to research all these things, and especially Arnold. He was so he was so complex. What a what a life he had. Mm-hmm. Uh, if he had only not lost his mind, yeah. uh, he would have been a great hero. So I mean, did he you, was when he was. Did you write that song, The Good, The Bad, and The Ugly, for him? <laughs> you didn't no, write I, wrote, I wrote one called uh, Lights Out for Benedict Arnold. Mm-hmm. Uh, I wrote another one about him called Benedict Arnold. Duh. And, uh, <laughs> and then there was one more I wrote, too, um, uh, which I can't remember the name of right now. But yeah, I've written I've written three. I've written one about his mother, Hannah, who is buried in the uh, Norwich Town Cemetery, 
and uh, because when when the uh, when Arnold came in in uh, 1781 to New London, and so many of his neighbors from neighboring New London and Groton were were killed, um, the people understandably in Norwich went wild and they tore up the cemetery of uh, his father and some of his uh, younger brothers who died in infancy but they didn't uh, deface the mother's grave and I and Bill Stanley told me about that and I, it was uh, amazing to think of people in their in their Fuhrer uh, could stop and and respect the one individual yeah, the, the mother, put yeah. up with a, a drunken husband and a traitorous son, but mm. he wasn't traitor. But when she died, um, it's amazing. Yeah, their stories are just su- such interesting uh, stories about the folks here. It's just rich with uh, history. Norwich is. I love it. So when you get requests, do you ever get a, a other types of requests like, uh, can you write a song for my uncle Billy, who was a great guy, or? Is it mostly concerning history and veterans and things of that nature? Yes. Uh, I've been doing uh, stuff for the uh, Sons of the American Revolution. actually made me an honorary member of uh, uh, branch number one, the General David Humphreys branch d- uh, down in uh, uh, New Haven, Fairfield County. Uh, they would have me come and do, uh, when they do grave markings and and. Uh, restoration projects of uh, historic colonial and Revolutionary War era uh, graves, and I have been fortunate enough to have been asked to come and participate, and I would write songs about some of the people who were buried there. I'm working on one now that I'm going to do in October for a guy who is the seventh great-grandfather of uh, a guy who now lives in Guilford, and uh, trying to get all the historical stuff concise and uh, succinct and to rhyme all at the same time. It's pretty, it's interesting a process. Is it safe to say that you've written hundreds and hundreds of songs? Is that safe <laughs> to say? I mean, yeah, well, it's, I guess <laughs> I, I mean, I, ever since I've known you, it's like dozens and dozens of uh, songs. I Just, keep going, yeah. Good. It's great. I mean, uh, Sometimes did it take you a very short time to just come up with it, or some of them uh, take me uh, twenty minutes. <laughs> really, <laughs> and yeah. one of them, um, which is called Autumn in New England, which is coming into my season now of doing this song. Uh, it, that this one took me over three years because there's no rhyme for the word orange mm-hmm. or purple mm-hmm. in the English language. And uh, so I was stumped because the predominant co- uh, color, you know, pumpkins and uh, maple leaves and all these things is just there's just so much orange that I, I had a writer's block. Well, and I so can see how that day, would I, happen. Yeah. yeah, I got a flyer from the AAA, and they were touting their leaf peeping tours, and there were five maple trees as orange as could be and I just said even the male is mocking me now and Mm -hmm. I flung it down on the kitchen table and as it went by my eye I didn't see orange it looked like flames that's how you know vibrant the orange was and uh, so I wrote the song in 20 minutes after that 
and the word orange is not in the song. <laughs> orange, and they had poor orange. Yeah, it doesn't work. So um, you're, you're all set with that one, right? I'll start with that one. It's called Autumn in New England. That would be great. We'd love to hear it. We're just about, just about there. Getting there. Autumn in New England. Chilly nights and sunny days. Autumn in New England. Foliage all ablaze Catch a whiff of smoke From someplace yet unseen Burning leaves That once hung high and green Autumn in New England Hot malt cider and pumpkin pies Autumn in New England Trees that haven't died Mother nature's last big splash Till spring has sprung Enjoy it everyone Autumn in New England Autumn in New England Squirrels are scurrying around Autumn in New England Gathering nuts from off the ground Getting out the wool, the fleece, the flannel too Put away the hammock and the barbecue Autumn in New England Electric fans are stored away Autumn in New England and tarps are out today Mother Nature's last big splash Till spring has sprung Enjoy it everyone Autumn in New England Autumn in New England And the days are getting short Autumn in New England Wood is stacked up by the cord See the last rose clinging to the vine. You don't pick it, you photograph it for your Valentine. Autumn in New England, scary sights and horrid screams. Autumn in New England, trick or treat on Halloween. Last big splash till spring has sprung. Enjoy it, everyone. Autumn in New England. Autumn in New England. When those football games are played, Autumn in New England. Halftime shows, floats, and parades. Pushing up the screens and pulling down the storms. Buttoning up to keep warm autumn in New England. The gathering of the clams autumn in New England. Wishbones and candied yams. Mother Nature's last big splash till spring has sprung. Enjoy it, everyone, autumn in New England. Autumn in New England. Eating hearts.
party soups and stews autumn in New England wet leaves clinging to our shoes a hunter's rifle pops and a duck comes tumbling down a Labrador retrieves it gently from the ground autumn in New England Southbound flocks take wing and fly Autumn in New England Snowbird friends bid us goodbye Mother Nature's last big splash Till spring has sprung Enjoy it everyone Autumn in New England Mother Nature's last big splash Till spring has sprung Enjoy it, everyone, autumn in New England. And don't forget the color orange. Sorry? <laughs> I said we should end it. Don't forget the color orange. <laughs> right. No, that's fantastic. That's after you got the orange thing out of your... You, that took you 20 minutes? Took me 20 minutes, yeah. Holy. <laughs> makes me look forward to autumn. <laughs> so many things that you don't think about, you know. it's uh, If you don't think about winter... Autumn yeah. is uh, really something special. So listen, do we have a troubadour now in Connecticut? Or, or yes, were you the I last can, troubadour? I, we do. Uh, there's been one uh, every year since 1991. That's when I was appointed. Um, and I, I actually got... It's supposed to be a year, year term. And they couldn't figure out... The state couldn't figure out how to pass it on. So actually I got a year and a half. And uh, then it's been a year term, and I think the fifth one, Hugh, Hugh Blumenfeld, I believe, uh, was the one who lobbied to have it extended to a um, two-year two term, which is really more realistic because, you know, if you're one year, I mean, I do this all the time, and so I just keep writing songs. It doesn't matter to me what a year or a year and a half is for me, but some of these people just have a couple songs about Connecticut, and... Um, by the time they they get themselves you know on the ground running, uh, a year goes by pretty fast. Mm-hmm. So um, he he uh, got two year term, and he also got uh, money, <laughs> which oh really? They which, uh, when I did it, it was honor without honorary. Right, yeah, I see. Oh. And and then when they. Uh, when they decided to give money, they said no one who's been at Troubadour before can apply twice. So, <laughs> oh yes, the bureaucracy. You should write a song about that. Oh yeah, well, yeah. <laughs> I don't know. Where's the if, Troubadour if money, honey? <laughs> <laughs> so, well, anyway, I know you were a fantastic Troubadour. Now, I, this is a, an impossible question, but I, you've written hundreds of songs. Obviously, there's some that you may be more proud of than others. Is there one in particular that you said, man, that was really uh, uh, top number one, top shelf? Well, I like them all, all the songs I've heard you sing. Well, it, yeah, well, they're, they're all so different. Um, there's one that I, I wrote about um, my grandson, which mm. which I... Uh, What's a little He's going to be 21 on September 15th. And uh, when he was, his name is Oz, Oz Morse. He's actually my stepson, but uh, uh, my step, he's the son of my stepson, so he's my step-grandson. But I had my stepson since he was five, Eli Morse. And uh, 
So Eli's been with me since he was just a little squirt. So you wrote uh, one to honor him. Yeah. Say again? So you wrote a song to honor him. I wrote a song to honor uh, him and Oz uh, as, the yeah. gran- as the grandson. And my wife and I Anne and I were up in uh, Vermont where they lived. And uh, she went to put him down for the evening. And I was just flooded with all these memories of kids who had thing, uh, said things to me over the years. And uh, one bunch of kids at a school one time, I was rehearsing out the, in the hallway before my program, just tuning up and everything. And this one kid, the little smart Alec kid, came by and said, Who are you, Grant, uh, who are you Santa Claus? Mm-hmm. And I said, yes, and you're getting coal in your stocking. <laughs> <laughs> he wasn't ready for that. He looked kind of distraught. Uh, and then there was this other little boy out in Long Island. He was must have been, a, I think he was a kindergartner. I finished my program. It was freezing day in, out there. I think when I came into the school, there were actually icicles hanging off my beard just from walking from my car, the warm car, into the uh, school. And so I think I had icicles on my <laughs> on my face. Uh, I finished my show and I was packing up my stuff and this little kid comes in with this milk crate and he looks at me and we nodded at each other. I had all my stuff I was carrying and as I was going out and they were transforming the school um, multi-purpose room where I performed, it was the auditorium and then it was going to be the cafeteria and then it was going to later be the gymnasium so the custodians were very busy. So two of us, little boy and I were encountered each other on the on the on the floor there and he had his heavy load of milk and I had my heavy load strapped on my back and he looked up at me and he said thank you grandpa and uh, our kids were in high school and I I never felt so insulted in my life (laughs) (laughs) so now when Ann was putting Oz down for bed now I couldn't wait for someone to say thank you thank you grandpa even even big dopes like me can uh, can grow. <laughs> so is it kind of song that kind of wells you up with tears, maybe? Uh, uh, maybe so. Yeah. yeah. Right. Can can you do that? Take a break. Could you do that song today? I'll do it right now if you want. Or yeah, are you going to take a break? Let me first? take a break. We'll be right back. Okay. Tom Kellen, a master at writing music, all kinds of topics. We're glad he's here with us today. We'll be right back. W I C H A M and F M. Former troubadour of Connecticut, Tom Callan is with us. Uh, tremendous songwriter through the years. I know he's written songs for Norwich, too, The Bells of Norwich, and so many other songs. And uh, he's here with his guitar. I thought we could use a little, uh, a nice, some nice music with uh, Get Away from the News for a little bit. And it's always good to have Tom on the program. We have switched him to another microphone where he can be more comfortable, which is we want you to be comfortable. <laughs> Because I'm going to make you sing about five or six hundred songs, <laughs> so I want you to be uh, very comfortable, Tom. <laughs> We're t- talking about uh, the song that you wrote for your five-year-old grandson. Yeah, well, yeah, he was actually uh, it was he was newborn. It was he wasn't even a year. Mm-hmm. Uh, he was just in uh, in swaddling clothes, but not laid in a manger. My wife was putting him down, and. Uh, and these thoughts of uh, other kids who had said things to me over the years uh, came to me. And I wrote this, I think I wrote this in about 20 minutes. It's called Thank You, Grandpa, right? <laughs> Thank You, Grandpa. All right. It was a cold and frosty morning on Long Island at a school 
I could tell my songs warmed up the place. The kids thought I was cool. Imagine that. My guitar and banjo were all packed, and as I put away my spoons, a little boy came walking into that multi-purpose room. He was just a kindergartner, the milkman first class. I could tell because he carried an empty milk crate for his task. He shyly said hello as he went to fill his crate, and I bundled up, strapped on my gear, and stepped down from the stage. As I walked across the polished floor and the grid for shuffleboard, a squad of school custodians came streaming through the doors. Halfway to the door marked exit, outside which stood my car. That makeshift auditorium became a solid bar. The tables of the lunchroom were rolled out and set in place, and while I marveled at that transformation, I saw that little face. Our eyes met as each of us bore our heavy load. His eyes welled up, and from this boy, a tiny voice arose. You know what he said? Thank you, Grandpa. Was all he had to say. Thank you, Grandpa. He turned and walked away. Thank you, Grandpa. Those three words gave me pause, just like the time some other kids had called me Santa Claus. Equally painful. At first, I thought how rude it was insulting me like that. Then I saw my shadow, and my silhouette was fat. Yikes! My beard had gotten whiter. The mirror wouldn't want lie, and I had some friends with grandkids. I suppose so could I. I realized he didn't know my ego had been stung. He was innocently thanking me for the tunes and songs I'd sung. But our boys weren't even grown up yet, and neither had a wife. And I was shocked that those three words had cut me like a knife. You know what they were? Thank you, Grandpa, was all he had to say. Thank you, Grandpa, he turned and walked away. Thank you, Grandpa, it shook me to the core. Speechless on Long Island, on a polished lunchroom floor. Years passed until our oldest boy and wife delivered us our first grandchild, and no words can say just how great it was. And when he learns to talk, I hope I'll hear those words again instead of from some strange young boy from my kithin kin. You know what I want to hear? Thank you, Grandpa. The words I long to hear. Thank you, Grandpa. I'll be grinning ear to ear. Thank you, Grandpa, for something that I'll do, like buying him an ice cream cone or tying up his shoe. Thank you, Grandpa, my father never heard. Thank you, Grandpa, those precious little words. Thank you, Grandpa, I hope I'll live to hear those little words of gratitude whispered in my ear. And you know what they are? Thank you. Grandpa, I love that song. That's really that's wonderful. How old is Oz now? He'll be twenty-one on September fifteenth. Oz will be twenty-one. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> yeah. I wrote that in two thousand two. Okay. And uh, what did Oz think when you wrote that song for him? 
I asked him if he remembered because I had, I, I had uh, recorded a demo of it and I had him say thank you grandpa and he'd totally forgotten about it and I played it to him and he smiled he's quite a musician now he's playing in four, four different bands no kidding alright yeah those down in Knoxville now and uh, he's an excellent keyboard player. He's writing stuff. He's he's tremendous. I'm so proud. And he towers over me. He's like six four or something. <laughs> Just, he's a he's a twenty one. He's twenty one in two weeks. <laughs> yeah. Well, I got to hear one of your uh, latest songs. That's great. Yeah. Um, we have a, a little time, and I know that um, you write. I think some folks would like to just talk to you for a second on the phone. Hopefully, no one I owe money to. No, well, I'll cut them off quick. <laughs> <laughs> Hi, WICH. Well, hey, Stewie. I think he's the Jonathan Edwards of the WICH radio program. Oh, Tom, former troubadour. We're so glad to have him back with us. Yeah, I got Jonathan Edwards. He sounds. Kind of like that folky. I love folk music. We just um, had CPTV on the other day, and they had, um, you know, Peter, Paul, and Mary, and all the old folk singers. So uh, it was a nice um, addition. I just listened, and it was terrific. So mm. I don't know who he is. Never heard of him. Well, you so know who sorry, he is now, Tom Gellerman. Yep. <laughs> all right. Thank you. <laughs> Bye-bye. See, some, some people don't know who you are. Well, that's okay. <laughs> I didn't think anybody didn't know who you Well, that's it's very funny, because... Uh, well, Anne, my wife, Ann Shapiro, had a children's theater company when she was young. And uh, she was down in uh, some place in New York, one of those uh, museums, uh, library museums. And this guy said, oh, I'm so glad to have discovered you. And <laughs> she had been doing music for many, many years since she was a girl. As a matter of fact, uh, Bob McGrath from Sesame Street, I did a program for Channel 13's 25th, I think, in, in Central Park. And he introduced me as a young, upcoming star. <laughs> I went home and I said, Ann, I'm upcoming. After 15 years of doing this full-time, here I am. Still going strong, yeah. <laughs> Welcome to the program. Hi, Tom. Yeah. I just have to tell you, your voice and your music blend so beautifully. I enjoy it. And I want to thank you. Thank you so much. Okay. Glad you're enjoying it. Thank you, yeah. Grandpa, or just thank you, Tom. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Thank you, dear. You know, uh, Tom, I, I truly have a compliment that uh, I think you'll appreciate is I don't think your voice has changed through the years at all. Some singers, I you know, I hear and you know they've lost a little bit in the voice. But yeah, I'm lucky. I'm very lucky. Yeah. I take I take after my dad. My dad was a barbershop quartet singer, mm -hmm. and. Um, uh, so he he taught me all these old songs that I sing now with seniors and what have you, and uh, he had a great voice. And my mom couldn't sing at all. My mom couldn't carry a tune in a bag, and so. But she had a tremendous memory. So I got the, I think got the a combination best out of, of everything. Best out there, of both of them. You know, I see some artists, and a lot of it has to do with their their living style, where their voices. Yes. When I, I'm thinking, man, you've got a million-dollar voice. Why would you, tr you know, do anything to hurt it? Oh, yeah. 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 Hi, welcome to the program. Hi, Stu. Thanks. Listen, this, I think it's one of the best programs you ever did with this gentleman who sang. <laughs> okay, well, now I'm going to have him every day. <laughs> yeah, you should have him on every year, twice a year, whatever. He's fantastic, and uh, the show was fantastic. I just want to leave one quick comment. Uh, we did have two grandchildren recently. One is a year old and one is six months. And uh, I've already bought them both a keyboard. 
you know, uh, uh, use one each in the house and a guitar. And every day they get a little guitar lesson, a piano lesson, even if it's only for 10 minutes every single day. That's great. That's, yeah. that's marvelous. You need to start them in the arts as soon as they can, uh, every, as soon as they're born. It's a wonderful thing for children to get. I know my grandkids are into violins and uh, piano, and it's a wonderful thing. Yeah. Well, thanks again for this great show, Stu, and thanks to your uh, okay. guitar player. All right. <laughs> Mr. Guitar Player, Tom Callan, former troubadour yeah. in the state of Connecticut. He's written hundreds of songs. Uh, so we, I played the other day, because I have it in my computer, The Bells of Norwich, and then a listener called up and he said, oh, that was so beautiful, and they can play it again sometime. And then I said, gee, I haven't had Tom on in a long time, so that's when I called you. And here you are. Oh, thank you. Yes. There you are. I can do it. I got the lyrics in my other book. If I can let me. Yeah, because I'll take a little break. You want to okay. do the Bells of Norwich? Okay. That'd be great. We'll be right back with Tom Callaghan, song he wrote for Norwich, and of course, the bells play a big role. We'll be right back. All right, uh, Tom will be back with us shortly, just looking up for the uh, lyrics to the Bells song that he wrote, Bells of Norwich. And uh, also, uh, we're going to get another song with him a little after that about his dad. And during the lockdowns with the coronavirus, I'm sure Tom did a lot of uh, writing, a lot of time for writing when when that was going. Is, was that the case when we had the uh, lockdown? God forbid we have it again. Oh, but, uh, God. It was awful. It was awful. It wasn't a horrible time. But did you do a lot of writing in that period of time? Um, I, I was... <laughs> I was pretty pretty bummed out because I had uh, I lost ninety percent of my work that year. Yeah, of course. And uh, just it was... just oh, it was just so sad. Um, so I I couldn't really get myself motivated, and then I, I wrote the song about my dad, and that seemed to break the lock jam in my mind mm-hmm. to thank him because he taught me all these barbershop uh, songs that he did when he was young. And uh, then I learned them well enough, and then he would harmonize because he was a tenor. So I got a harmonic sense from him. I got the lyrics wow. and the melody from him. And, generous uh, man. His, he gave me he gave me everything he had. It was amazing. So do you ever did you ever get writer's block like some writers do? Or it's, it's, yeah, well yeah. that one was that the, time yeah. the autumn one like, where there was no rhyme for orange. Oh, yeah, but yeah, that, that that's one. understandable. Yeah, that one. Um, Sometimes, uh, you know, people will call me up and they'll ask me about something and it just, it stymies me because I have to do some research, particularly about these guys who are Revolutionary War mm-hmm. soldiers. I got to find out where they were. And so I ask, often ask people to send me as much as you can beforehand so I don't have to go crazy yeah, looking of course. for That's all this stuff. That's the best stuff. thing to do. You know? So your song, uh, Bells of Norwich, is terrific. And yes. um, if you could sing that one for us, and then we'll do one, one about your dad. Sure. That, yeah. You got it. Anytime. There are bells that bing, bells that bong, bells that clang and bells that gong, bells that wake, bells that warn, Bells that cheer and bells that mourn. New Year's Day, 1863, 
The Norwich bells rang hopefully that the words proclaimed might prove to be freedom sought so desperately. The bells rang for an hour straight to mark at last and celebrate that day and start to mend the wrong. Free at last, so went the song. There are bells that bing, bells that bong, bells that clang and bells that gong, bells that wake and bells that warn, bells that cheer and bells that mourn. Looking back, it was premature. To think injustice might be cured by mere words upon a document signed into law by the president. For time must pass before wounds mend, before one's foe can turn to friend. Our fractured land would not be healed, despite the many bells that peal. There are bells that bing, bells that bong, bells that clang and bells that gong, bells that wake, bells that warn, bells that cheer and bells that mourn. That's not to say it was all in vain that hopes were raised and dashed again. He could not, with his pen, erase the millions. Who had been displaced? No mortal man could overnight make centuries of wrongs turn right. But on New Year's Day, 1863, the Norwich bells rang hopefully. There are bells that bing, bells that bong. Bells that clang and bells that gong, bells that wake and bells that warn, bells that cheer and bells that mourn. There are bells that bing, bells that bong, bells that clang and bells that gong, bells that wake and bells that warn, bells that cheer and bells that mourn. We can dedicate that to my buddy Kevin Harkins, who is a bell collector. Oh, he is. You he's know, great. Kevin. He's got all kinds of bells. Yeah, Kevin and uh, and Dale Plummer were um, instrumental in, ha- in having me write this, mm-hmm. and and yeah. Peter Nystrom also. Peter says you got to write something about <laughs> the bells, and that's when they were doing the uh, yeah. the yeah. archway downtown by City Hall, and uh, I I was singing over at the. Uh, the uh, Yantic Fire Department for one of their grinders days, you know, and uh, bids, one of the bids events. And uh, so Peter was there and he came and said, you got to do something about the, the bells. I said, what, what's about the bells? And it, it was on uh, January 1st of 1863 was the day that the Emancipation Proclamation went into effect. And all the bells uh, in Norwich, churches and where, I don't know, all of buildings but they rang for a solid hour mm-hmm. because Norwich was very ahead of its time as far as um being multicultural sure. you know and so it, it just inspired me it was just a wonder and I was there and I sang it for the uh, 
the Emancipation Proclamation Day on, in January of uh, 2013. My God, that's a long time ago. <laughs> Speaking of a long time ago, you, you and I have gotten together periodically. I've, I've been here 50 years. Yes, well, I've been doing this full-time for 46. Yeah. So it's been fun. It is And fun. I want it to continue. So we have time for one more uh, of your songs, and people can relate to You know, it's a song you wrote for your dad, correct? Okay. And um, we'll have Tom do that in just a second for you here. And uh, this hour is going too quickly, but we have a few more minutes, and then we'll... Uh, this is something you wrote recently? Oh, during the pandemic. I wrote it in 2020, yeah. Uh, when I, I was feeling particularly blue. Well, the whole world was turning into a schmurf. <laughs> oh, it was awful. Yeah, it wasn't was it? I mean, Absolutely. so many people are just... But we're picking up. We're picking up. Yeah, yeah. It's amazing. Anyway, so this is... I was just thinking nostalgically about the fact that he used to drive me around Middletown when I was a little boy. I'm the oldest of four. Uh, children, and so he would drive me around. Apparently, that relaxed me, I guess. And uh, and then he would sing all these songs, and I loved them. And then I'd learn them, and he'd then harmonize to them. So I learned all that good stuff from my dad. My dad passed away when he was only 63. He mm. was a World War II veteran, Battle of the Bulge. Yeah, he was an amazing guy. Songs my father sang to me From the time that I was two or three At home or driving around the town He would sing Knowing I was listening He sang the old songs that he knew And as I grew I learned them too I still sing them all today Long since he has passed away I never tired of his songs And when I learned them well enough to sing along I would sing the melodies While he added tenor harmonies he sang the old songs that he knew, and as I grew, I learned them too. I still sing them all today, long since he has passed away. Music brightens up my day, and I've written many songs along the way. But the ones that bring me the most joy are the ones I learned when I was just a boy. He sang the old songs that he knew, and as I grew I learned them too. I still sing them all today, long since he has passed away. When I sing and people sing along, with some sentimental song Sometimes it feels like Dad singing with me Especially when there's some tenor harmony He sang the old songs that he knew And as I grew I learned them too I still sing them all today Long since he has passed away Oh, I still sing them all today 
long since he has passed away. So, Tom, uh, growing up, was there one particular song that uh, you would hear your dad sing with you that stuck in your mind the most? Was there one song? We recorded I'm Looking Over a Four-Leaf no Clover kidding. at Seven Rock when I was, it was either two or three years old. It was either oh, wow. 49 or 1950, one or the other. And I messed it up really bad. Uh, <laughs> well, my, I... my dad was a frugal guy. And uh, behind his back, we'd call him cheap, but to his face, he was frugal. And uh, <laughs> so just to, remember those um, places you could, like you go to get the strips of photos, you'd take them, you know, for a nickel or a quarter yeah, yeah, or whatever. Yeah. Well, they had a recording machine at Savin Rock in West Haven. And uh, so he took me in there. Apparently, I was uh, pretty adept at singing uh, I'm Looking Over a Four-Leaf Clover until I got into the studio. <laughs> And then I got into the first line, and then I just went blank, and he's coaching me from behind. Come on, come on, look it, look it, look it. You know, and he didn't want to yell at me. And uh, <laughs> If he could hear you now. Huh? Yeah, and so we got it, and we got the record, the little record. Still have it? Yes, as a matter of fact, um, we played it so much that we couldn't hear it anymore. And a friend of mine, a uh, recording engineer I worked with, um, I told him the story. He said, bring it in. Maybe I can clean it up and, and put some equalization on it and everything. And he found my little two- or three-year-old voice, whatever it was, and he got it, and, and my dad talking to me, and he made it into a little CD. And uh, as soon as I heard it, I just broke down. I hadn't heard my dad's voice in so many years. It just was amazing. And uh, actually, I played at the Seven Rock uh, West Haven Historical Society, and I presented them with the CD. So they have it in their archives of an actual song that was recorded there. Uh, so it was it was quite emotional, but it was wonderful. Yeah, so that would be the song that stands out most in my mind. I have one of those uh, with my mom. Not singing, but we're in a booth and recorded it. I mean, it sounds really bad because of the you know the static. Yeah. But I found that, and it's it's absolutely uh, amazing that it still existed. So there I was, uh, God knows, two, and my sister was four, and we're in the booth, and my mother's interviewing us, <laughs> and uh, I wish I had it now because I could play it. It's only a minute. But uh, I'll find it, I'm sure, after you leave. <laughs> so I'm looking over a four-leaf clover. Yeah. You want to hear it? Yeah, I love that song. <laughs> we got time for it? Yes, I have time for that. Okay, let's see if I mess up. The last thing on the recording, my dad says, Oh, someday you'll be a good singer, won't you, Tommy? And I go, Don't hold me. <laughs> <laughs> I'm looking over a four-leaf clover that... I overlooked before One is for sunshine The second is rain Third is for roses That bloom in the lane No need explaining The one remaining It's somebody I adore I'm looking over A four-leaf clover That I overlooked before you still got it. You still got it. Yeah. He's still yelling at me. <laughs> we were talking before we uh, went on and did this uh, segment on the program today, uh, and that we talked about um, the news. It's not fun to listen to. No. But um, you also mentioned maybe playing before a song or uh, before the news or after the song called What a Wonderful World. 
Yes. I was wondering if, um, would you have time to sing that before we close this out? Sure, that'd be fine. You know, it's kind of counterbalancing the news. <laughs> Absolutely. Well, I call myself the anti-news, you know. You watch yeah. the news or listen to the news and you want to jump out of a window. And, you know, and then you think about that the lyrics to that song, you go, oh, wait a minute. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'll only jump out of the window if there are several uh, mattresses to break my fall. Okay, that's it'll, good. It'll look effective, but uh, mm-hmm. you know, I don't want to hurt myself. <laughs> I see trees of green, red roses too. I see them bloom for me and you, and I think to myself, what a wonderful world. I see skies of blue, clouds of white, the bright blessed day, and the dark sacred night, and I think to myself, what a wonderful world. The colors of the rainbow, so pretty in the sky, are also on the faces of people going by. I see friends shaking hands, saying, how do you do? They're really saying, I love you, I hear babies crying, I watch them grow, to learn much more than I'll ever know, and I think to myself, what a wonderful world, the colors of the rainbow, so pretty in the sky, are also on the faces of people going by. I see friends shaking hands, saying, how do you do? They're really saying, I love you. I hear babies crying. I watch them grow. They'll learn much more than I'll ever know. And I think to myself, what a wonderful world. Yes, I think to myself, what a wonderful world. Tom, it's always great having you on the program. Thank you, Stu. It's a really it's a good treat for me in the audience. And uh, if someone would like you to sing in one of your uh, different venues, uh, what's the best way to get a hold of you? Or? Oh, you can call me. I'm right here in Norwich, uh, 860-889-6648. You can just give me a call, or you can send me an email at limberjack, L-I-M-B-E-R-J-A-C-K, at comcast.net it's like lumberjack except with an i limberjack at comcast.net 889-6648 8966 talk to Tom and uh, put down your pen for a second and talk to the folks <laughs> okay all right all right thank you thank you for bringing in the equipment thank you for having me all right Tom Callan keep in touch let me know the next uh, veterans event so we don't miss anything absolutely all right my friend